0: What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, degenerate gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire.
0: What's up? What's up? What's up? We are back and we are ready to roar on another Monday here where you are joined by me, Mark Claire. Every single Monday, by the way. But it's not just me here on this here Lions of Liberty podcast. This is the only libertarian variety show out there and you get three very distinct, very different shows three days per week. Of course, every single Monday I host interviews and roundtable discussions like the one you're going to hear today, the really, really big mega one you're going to hear today. And of course, every Wednesday, my man Brian McWilliams hits you with a weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land. He had a fantastic interview with Eric July last week, so be sure to go ahead and check that out. And of course, John Odie Odermat wraps things up every single Friday with his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. This is the 359th episode of this flagship OG Lions of Liberty podcast. That means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 359. As I referenced a few moments ago, this was a big, mega, crazy, huge show with some names you're going to recognize. So why don't we just get right to it? All right, we are here at a a most glorious summit. We're going to call it a summit, I think, because that's what all the cool kids are doing nowadays, holding summits. Uh, This is a grand group of libertarian podcasters, and we have, well, we have a few things in common. We are all different podcast hosts, uh, but we have something else in common that we will discuss a little bit further into the show. But first, I'm just going to bring everyone in one by one. First up, he is the host of the Tom Woods Show. He is, of course, Tom Woods. How's it going? Hey, good to be here. Pleasure to have you, Tom. Up next, the host of the Part of the Problem podcast, my man, Dave Smith. What's up, buddy?
2: What's going on, Mark? I'm glad I could be here in this meeting of the five fathers of the different families.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll try to sort that all out when we get further into the show. Uh, I think that uh, is a good time to bring in uh, Mance Rader from the Free Man Beyond
1: the Wild podcast. What's up, Mance? Doing well, doing well. How are you guys doing?
0: We are doing fabulous because we are together here also with my man from the Jason Stapleton program. Jason Stapleton, what's up? Hello, hello. How are things, buddy? Oh, not Um, bad.
3: I got no complaints.
0: I can see everybody. I had to actually ask Jason how things are because everyone else I can see, I can see them visually on this video that we have going. I can't see Jason. He wanted to hide his face for some reason. (laughs) We're not really... I'm not gonna ask why. He probably got a black eye or something at the bar last night, but I'm not gonna go far too far into that. Uh gentlemen, before we get started, I just gotta ask you guys one thing collectively. Can you please answer? Hopefully in the affirmative, are you ready to roar? Yes.
2: yes. Yeah. Roar. <laughs> <That's smart.
0: laughs> all right guys so there is a reason we have all come together today on this uh gland glorious podcasters summit and uh like i said we all have something in common we're all hosts of uh, different amazing libertarian podcasts but as of a couple of weeks ago we all have something else in common we are all members of the libertarian party now uh, i'm not trying to be a hipster here or anything but i was kind of the first one to join the party i've been a a member on paper for a few years but honestly not that active um and you guys have all recently made the decision i think all within. an week's time span to also join the Libertarian Party. So I'm just going to start by going around to each of you and and trying to describe uh, in the briefest way possible. We can get into more details a little bit later in the show. But what made you make that decision because I know not only were you most of you guys not current members of the Libertarian Party I believe previously up until a few weeks ago uh, most of you were actively opposed to joining the Libertarian Party at least like from your own point of view and uh, you know correct me if I'm wrong but why don't we just start with Tom Uh, I believe you were the first one to start this sort of tidal wave here so what made you after the Libertarian National Convention which you did attend we were able to share some gumbo there together what made you decide to join the Libertarian Party?
4: Well, since you asked for a brief answer, I will give just one aspect of the question, which is I came to the conclusion that there were a lot of decent people working heroically against difficult odds to do really good things. And I wanted to lend my support to those people. All right. That's a good answer. Dave, what
0: about you? I think you might have been the next one to crack right after Tom.
2: Well, I live my uh, my life by one principle, and that's I do whatever Tom Woods does. So <laughs> once once he joined, I was like, uh, yeah, okay, I'm on board too. But yeah, I guess, and, and I, I guess I try to keep it brief. But I, I guess I've just, you know, I was a, a, a person who came in during the Ron Paul moment, and I've kind of missed having a a political voice out there, having someone who kind of represents what we believe in. And the LP didn't seem to be that. I mean, certainly Gary Johnson and and Bill Weld weren't that. But now that they got these Mises Caucus guys, and I was kind of inspired by everything uh, uh, Michael has been doing over there. And so I was like, okay, if there's these good people, they're having Tom and Scott Horton and all these guys at their event and Tom's in. I was like, okay, let's do it.
0: All right. And uh, Mance, you were the curveball for me. I wasn't, I wasn't seeing that one coming. I, I thought you might've been the last person to, or, or the most resistant to this idea, but you also joined the LP. What inspired you, Mance? Okay.
1: Everything Dave said is, <laughs> can cover, but I was, I've actually been an LP member before. I just let my, I just let it lapse. Um, my wife commented during the, the uh, this Na- Libertarian National Convention that she wants to go to Austin 2020. So I asked her, I said, are you joining, you know, does that mean you want to join the Libertarian Party? And she's like, no, I just want to go and watch everything that's going to go on. And I'm just like, all right, if Dave and Tom are going, and I'm going to be there anyway, crap, I'll just join and, you know, maybe become a delegate maybe go there and troll the crap out of some people.
0: (laughs) I mean, if your wife wants to go on a trip somewhere, and you can also tie it into a libertarian event, I mean, you're pretty much obligated to do that. I would say, (laughs) and
1: and I'm pretty sure I can call Scott Horton while I'm there, and I can hang out with him if he's in town. So there's there's another plus,
0: (laughs) another bonus. Uh, And lastly, uh, I mean, I I kind of have a feeling—well, not a feeling—I know exactly kind of why Jason joined. But Jason, why did you join the LP?
3: Oh, I just joined for the publicity. (laughs) <laughs> i mean all this, all this free press and i thought well, i'll just i'll jump on board i didn't want to get a piece of that he just uh,
0: wanted that uh, picture with nick sarwark tweeted he, he, retweeted yeah. by the lp
3: no no i uh here's here's the thing the reality of it was was that w- uh, when all of us have a have a voice in in the libertarian the liberty movement however you want to look at it and uh and for a long time, Tom and, and myself and, and Dave and, and everybody kind of had, we were, we were kind of people outside of that circle who were not ready to engage on, on the political level. And we chose to stay outside and, and, and comment and, and basically critique. And that was okay because we represented a voice outside of the Libertarian Party. But when all of everybody started to join, and I, I didn't even know what was going on. I, I knew that Tom had joined and then Dave said he joined and and I just started to look at it, and I said, "Well, I, if there's something happening, if there's if there's a movement or a transition to really repair and and to improve on, maybe not repair is the wrong word, but to improve on the Libertarian Party, then, uh, I don't want to be the guy sitting on the outside. Still, you, you get what I'm saying, staying on the outside, not contributing. So I said, if it's as simple as joining, I can be part of the uh, I can be part of the process rather than you know an outsider. I want to do that. So that's why I did it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for interrupting my entire speech. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what, because what, I was adjusting my microphone?
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well,
4: it was because I realized since no one's going to see the video, it doesn't matter that the giant microphone <laughs> is in my face. So no, why am I is. trying to hide
3: it? <laughs> no, that that no, was it. No,
4: that, that may or may not come
0: out in editing. I'll decide later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh yeah, I mean I think you guys all have basically similar motivations here. And, and this is something that I I had been a paper member of the Libertarian Party, but I think attending not only the LNC, um, but I was also at Porkfest a couple of weeks before that. And I think just meeting a lot of libertarians and surprisingly, I mean a, a lot of people in the Free State Project and people that were at Porkfest were also, you know, at one time or currently members of the Libertarian Party. And just meeting all these people and realizing that these people really are like me for the most part. They're people that became inspired to do something, whatever that something may be. And many of them took that political path, whereas I just happened to take this podcasting path. And there's really no reason to keep them as separate as I think at one point in my mind, I really thought I had to, uh, because it, we are all fighting for many of the same things. Now we might have many disagreements within, within that scope, but for the most part, most libertarians are as inspired as I was to start this podcast. They're out there, you know, whether they're out there campaigning campaigning campaigning, petitioning, um, doing all this hard work simply to try to get more people on board with these ideas. And that just I think meeting so many of those people in person is what really inspired me to become more active and to continue to find ways to
4: become more active. Uh, Tom, go ahead.
0: I know you got some things to say. This is why the video is great. I can Uh, see you raising your hand. Exactly.
4: You can see me raising my hand. I, I just want to add specifically in terms of people that I got to know and meet, I want to make particular mention of the Mises Caucus, because if it hadn't been for those hardworking folks, I don't think I would have made the plunge. But to see that they poured their heart and soul into the event that they had that, w- that was concurrent with the convention and more than the event, just all the work leading up to the convention and, and their commitment, that really, really impressed me. And then secondly, the thought occurred to me that for all these years, when people hear that I'm a libertarian, just, just you know, let's say the average person you get introduced to. They think Libertarian Party. That is the first thing they think. They don't think abstract principles. They think the Libertarian Party. And I always have to say, oh, no, 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 not the party, just the ideas. But it occurred to me, wouldn't it be nice to live in a world where we could say, yep, you're darn right, that is what I belong to, and it's great, and I'm proud of it, and I'd like to live in a world where I can say that. So uh,
0: so what are the goals here? I mean obviously the the general goal is that we all would like a I guess what we would see as a more libertarian message in the libertarian party. But how do you actually you know and any of you can take this from here? How do you actually v- measure like the goals of what your activity might produce? I mean, Mance, go ahead. I love the video well, thing. Jason, you're going to have to shout out when you want to talk.
1: <laughs> the my goal is that whoever the libertarian party candidate for president is in 2020 they don't have to be David Friedman, but I'd rather them be closer to David Nolan I mean it's what they're what they're looking at putting forth right now is not what the libertarian Party was founded upon so i'm I just want to see you know talking about the Ron Paul moment again if you have somebody out there who's actually preaching real values and the values of libertarianism people are really attracted to that so if you can get somebody who can communicate well and whose message is on point and i mean i just have three things foreign policy has to be good economics has to be good and they have to be they have to be fluent and be able to talk about the blockchain those are my three those are my three things if you can get a candidate up there who can have scott horton's foreign policy um Robert Murphy's Robert Murphy's economics and can talk about the blockchain like somebody like um, I'll throw some uh, Krista Rose. Um, th- that would be great, but that's not that's not Bill Weld.
4: So, it's not me either. I can't talk about the blockchain. <laughs> somebody would have to be pumping words into my ears or something. All right, so Tom is off. You got math. two
1: years. Yes, you got it. two. You got two years, Tom. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Somebody
4: could tutor me. <laughs> Right. Tom's back back in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I don't want to get people's hopes up. Stop it. (laughs) But that's what
1: that's my goal. My my goal is whoever is whoever is going to be representing the Libertarian Party with a real chance that that he's going to be on the debate stage, he or she will be on the debate stage. um, I want them to be able to represent my as close to my values as possible. And what we're seeing, what we've seen in the last, I mean, since Harry Brown died, is not um you know is is not my idea of what the libertarian party should be standing for
3: yeah and and for me i think uh, just to piggyback on that i think that for me what i would like to see is i would like to see a a shift in their in the messaging and i think that so my goal now that i have joined will be to become a delegate and to go down and actually lend my voice and to bring as many people who agree with me to that to bear on that fight as possible and so uh, I'm not just going to stand by, and and like I said, it was I was joking when I said it was all for publicity. My, my goal is the next time that there is a vote to be cast, that me and as many people who agree with me will show up as delegates in order to affect the change and to change the way that they communicate. Because the fact is, they're not doing a good job of it right now, and that's been my major complaint, is that when I associate myself with the Libertarian Party, I get a very negative reaction. And that shouldn't be the way it is. There should be a very positive reaction when people talk about libertarianism and our ideas because they resonate with a wide swath of people if you take time to explain it and to, and to talk about what you believe. So um, that's going to be my goal. And I think that that's how we get to the point where there are candidates who are running for high, the highest level of office that we can, that we can get behind and support.
0: Dave, what about you? Is it a similar goals for you just to really try to influence the messaging coming out of the Libertarian Party?
2: Yeah, because uh, to me, it's it's all about winning over, uh, you know, hearts and minds. And I, I don't have any illusions that like the whoever the nominee for the LP is going to win the presidency next time around. And I, if we were in a campaign, I probably wouldn't say that because that's not the most effective marketing. <laughs> but um, to me, I look at like I, I you know, I, like I said, I came into this in the Ron Paul uh, moment. I kind of always dismissed the LP because, well, the most libertarian guy in politics was running as a Republican. That was Ron Paul, and he would always say things like, um, "You know, all the rules are stacked against." You know, they would ask him, "Like, why are you? Why aren't you running as a Libertarian since you're so different than all these Republicans?" And he'd say, "Well, all the rules are stacked against third parties, so you got to run in one of the major parties." And I just kind of accepted that, and it was like, "Okay, who cares about the LP? Ron Paul's my guy." And then in in 2016, I was very excited for the Rand Paul campaign and became very disappointed pretty quickly. And I guess it was after Rand Paul uh, was out and you started looking uh, around the political landscape and realizing what an opportunity the LP had. I mean, you had these two candidates in Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump, who the vast majority of, of Americans despised. I mean, like most people hate both of them. And then the the libertarian, the name libertarian was going to be put into people's living rooms in a way that it had never been before. And what we got out of that was, I don't know what Aleppo is like that. That was ultimately I mean, the party got some votes. But the, so you just realize that it's like, OK, I'm starting to look into 2020. And go, okay, Donald Trump's going to be running again. That is, if there isn't some type of coup, you know, 20% chance that happens, but probably Donald Trump will be running again. Probably the Democrats will put up some god-awful reptilian creature again that everybody hates. And you're going to be looking at two people who most of the American people despise. And now you've got a third party with the name libertarian with ballot access in all 50 states. And it's like, I don't know, is there a better path that we could take than to try to get a true libertarian who could maybe spread our our ideas uh, with an opportunity unlike ever before? So I'm with all these guys. I think what I want to see is somebody who can actually get people up out of their seats, my criteria would probably be somewhat similar to what Mance uh, uh, said. I mean, the most important thing to me is that you're anti-war, you're bringing up the Federal Reserve as an issue, and you're talking about the debt crisis that America is going to be going through. And um, that, that, to me, is the most important stuff.
4: You mind if I jump in with a bit of trivia here? Please do. Sure. Uh, I actually think it's quite revealing. The other day, I don't want to mention his name. I just refuse there's a handful of annoying people in the Libertarian Party. See how generous I'm being calling it just a handful? It was but, very nice of you. <laughs> Call it it's a, handful. a it's a handful of names I see over and over again on Facebook. And I don't know if any of them are in a in a leadership position at the state level or what, but there's one of them who the other day, now this guy it would be the sort of person who would say that I'm not pure enough as a libertarian or for whatever reason. And he being more lefty is more the ideal libertarian. And what does he post on Facebook? Apparently approvingly. But an article from Reason Magazine called something like, Mitch Daniels is the president we should have had. (laughs) Mitch Daniels? I mean, look, my apologies to anybody named Mitch, but as soon as I hear Mitch, I immediately think, (laughs) there's no way, right? There's no way this is – this is real this is criteria number four cannot be named mitch no mitch is, is just fake it's just no nah, there's no way i mean <laughs> i mean not just because of mitch mcconnell but something just makes me think. i mean like mitt romney but right away just something's funny about this but <laughs> but i saw that and i thought you know i could if they were people like you know gary chartier who's like a left libertarian well that guy's hardcore for what he believes in and he's radical and i appreciate that but then we get these kind of weird like culturally left libertarians and then when push comes to shove they support mitch daniels and gary johnson what's wrong with these people so so here i am you know i always i cannot emphasize this enough i'm supposed to be the right wing fuddy duddy but yet i'm the one who wants to support the most radical non aggression person around and they want mitch daniels what's wrong with these people at least you'd think they'd have enough I don't know, shame to shut up when it comes to attacking me. Well, I do see they will
0: call, you know, the Mises Caucus or guys like you, Tom, you know, right wing or the Mises Institute right wing. But who is more anti-war? Who is more opposed to the war on drugs? Whereas these guys, you know, want to promote, I guess, apparently Mitch Daniels, who I don't think is staunchly opposed to either of those things.
4: I might add, by the way, I've got an episode coming out this week of my show uh, advocating abolishing the sex offender registry. I don't know if they're prepared for that, but that's coming out. Anyway, let me stop talking for a moment. That's
1: right. Stop hanging out with Walter Block, all right? <laughs> I, I, I get in so much trouble with that guy.
0: <laughs> so I guess the, the next question on my mind is, is kind of what happens next? Uh, what are your specific next steps that you want to take? And all of you have signed up, gone online, paid your 25 bucks or so. And uh, But you know, what happens after that? Because if that's all we do, then all we've collectively done is you know contributed like 125 bucks to the Libertarian Party. So what are the next actions that each of you plan to take? I know Tom can't stay on that long, so why don't I let you go first? first time. uh, What do you plan to do actually next? What are the next steps to to be involved in the Libertarian Party?
4: Well, I definitely want to get to know people in the state party. And I think that really is a good portion of it. Get to know folks in your state party. And I understand there are some good folks here in Florida, and I've already had some people reach out to me and, and welcome me. So I'm definitely looking into that, and then we'll see what happens from there. But but I do believe that becoming a voice in your state party has to be a major step, just, just to show that you're a person of action and that you, you'll show up and you'll be involved. Uh, and also, there's a possibility that that way you could become a delegate, and I'd like to see our people become delegates.
0: All right, any of you guys can take it. Uh, Dave, Jason, Mance, I don't feel like hosting. So
3: just... Same same thing. I, I mean same thing. I mean i I spoke at the uh San Diego uh, the San Diego chapter of the Libertarian Party this year. They asked me to come and speak. And uh I, I imagine my, my entire goal is to get it get into a delegates position and, and to go and start making some policy changes. I you can make it, you can make some decisions and, and some changes on, uh, uh, certainly here in California, we could use all the help that we could get at the local level. But I think that some of the stuff that we're doing as well with, uh, with the Liberty Behind the Line stuff and we're bringing people together, I think there needs to be a lot more of that. I mean, we, we've we talked about doing another one. Naturally, you can't do one every month, but, you know, you're trying to get some stuff out there and just let everybody know, hey, you're not alone hey, there's a movement happening, something is stirring up here, and and you can be part of it, and then helping people plug in is going to be a big part of what we do.
1: I think, echoing what Tom said, getting involved locally, and Jason, you know, getting involved locally, um, I definitely want to be a delegate for 2020, so... um, Yeah, I'll be I'll start attending meetings, start attending their social functions, too. They do social kind of stuff once or twice a month here in Georgia. Uh, The Libertarian Party here in Georgia has been active for a long time, and it's actually not uh, it's not inconsequential. But I really want to work with the guys at the Mises Caucus about we have to figure out now who you start throwing names out there and even I was on a phone call with Scott Horton the other night and I know this, this weird guy, he brought up this weird guy, Tom Woods. And, um, (laughs) you know, we, so we started, we started talking about this guy, Tom Woods and, um, you know, how we really only have to teach him about blockchain and stuff like that because he'd, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be good on the other things. So, um, you know, and, and he, he actually offered to, you know, do anything he could to help.
4: But, I know, know he would, and I, I just – I don't want people to go down this road because even though I really am flattered <laughs> that people think about you know me that way, I just have so I have things going on that make that impossible. You also so said
3: I, you weren't going to join the Libertarian Party, Tom. <laughs> yeah, do, I do remember here, Thanks, <laughs> Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I think Yeah, well, we I think. I think this time between the lines.
2: Tom's, <laughs> oh, oh, Tom's really? Clearly sending mixed messages here. If I was in the mainstream media, I would say Tom Woods leaves the door open. <laughs> <laughs> you are in the
1: mainstream media.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I am good people. Good hardworking people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
4: Dave, Tom would leave the door open. Well, well, or as Trump would say, I'm sure some of them are good people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what about you? Uh, what are your next steps? Are you going to try to get involved locally there in New York, New York City as well?
2: Yeah, there's nothing local about New York City. Yeah. There's five million people on every square block. But, well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about that stuff, but really, what I what I'm focused on now is like familiarizing myself with the the candidates that that are in the LP. Um, I, I've got um, Larry Shark coming on my podcast next week, so I'm looking forward to that because a lot of people have been telling me I should talk to that guy. But like man said, um, my my big issue, my big or my big concern with this is. Figuring out who the guy who's going to run for for president on the LP uh, ticket is because I will say I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, um, well, the LP should really just focus on local elections and and I and I get that argument I get the argument that local politics you can have more of an influence and stuff like that but what again the reason why I'm in this is because I just I've seen what what the effect Ron Paul was able to have when he was running for president. And I think we have to have someone on the national platform who's going to stand up to, to these guys and, and battle against the ideas of, you know, Donald Trump and whoever the Democrats are going to put up, which will, you know, be Hillary Clinton 2.0 or whatever. And, um, and so what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is who that guy is going to be. And I, I feel like there's got to be someone So, um, um, that's my next step is familiarizing myself with the potential candidates.
0: All righty And, uh, Yeah. I think just generally getting involved locally is so important because, you know, we could all take two years and, you know, keep doing our podcast and keep talking about things and then just show up at the convention in 2020 and try to influence you, influence other people there and just cast our votes. But at the end of the day, if you really want to influence the direction of the party overall and how people, you know, see you and and take your ideas, you're going to have to influence the people directly. And you're going to have to get people to respect you, respect your involvement in the party, show them that you're actually there to not just, you know not just take over and be in charge, but to influence things and to work with them and help them build the party and help them build some better messaging. Uh, I do have one last question, at least, that I want to ask. Uh, Tom, do you have to go soon? Should we uh, hit you up again soon first?
4: Yeah, I can I can stick around for about five more minutes. All right. So why, this is what I really want
0: to get to here, uh, is what would we all consider, or what would you all consider, uh, a measurement or a criteria to to judge whether this little mission here, whether joining the Libertarian Party was actually a success? Is it going to be based specifically around who becomes that presidential candidate in 2020? Or are there other sort of measures you can use to judge whether or not your involvement has been effective maybe two or even more years down the line, maybe two, four, five years down the line? Uh, Tom, we'll let you take it first, too, since you got to get off soon.
4: Okay. I'm not sure that 2020 is the right metric because that's awfully soon. And that's an awful lot to expect of, uh, still a, a relatively small group of people who have joined, but I think our group is going to be disproportionately activist. So that, that will be helpful. I still, you know, I'm not even sure most of my podcast listeners even know that I've decided to do this. So, you know, we'll try and get the word out about that. I guess this episode won't hurt in that, that regard, but I would, I intend to take the, the long view of this because if, if, you know if, if things were to come out the way not the way I want them in two thousand and twenty, I think it would just look petulant and silly to give up and say, "Oh, forget this i 'm leaving some people are going to do that, but i 'm not going to do that i 'm just going to dig in my heels and just keep on going so I would say i 'm actually willing to look down the road twelve years twelve years is a good chunk of your life i mean you know if you live to be seventy two That's one-sixth of your life, and if in one-sixth of your life you can't make any noticeable dent in the kind of people being nominated, then, you know, I mean, maybe you're the persistent type and you just tend to be unreasonably dedicated to a particular cause. Go ahead and do it, but I would start reevaluating 12 years later, but I am willing to to look out that far, not just to twenty twenty.
0: What what would be like the measure like how would you evaluate would it be specifically on sort of the national candidates and the message coming out or would it be maybe more um, the public's perception of what libertarian means if you if you maybe if you if you stop having that big L little L conversation that might be you know
4: one indicator right I guess for me it would be even though I agree with Dave to some extent uh, like well I, I actually agree with him completely that that. We've all heard that if the Libertarian Party maybe should could focus more on local races. That's where victory is more possible. And that's where a lot of practical policy gets made. I do get that, and I'm entirely in sympathy with that. But yet, I still I can't turn away from the presidential race. You know, I just can't turn away, even when I hear people say this is a, a this are, these are misplaced resources for the Libertarian Party. Nah, I don't know. I I still feel like having somebody in that conversation is is better than not having somebody in that conversation. So. Um, So for me, it would be if we could get somebody like a Harry Brown. Now, you'll never have another Harry Brown. But what was great about Harry Brown was how well-spoken he was, unflappable, knowledgeable, glib, um, and hardcore, and willing to say unfashionable things, even in front of the mainstream media. And that that's what I want is I want Harry Brown. I want a guy at least somebody who at least aspires to be Harry Brown. That's what I would shoot for.
0: All right. All right. We'll move on to some other answers. Tom, if you need to slip off uh, at some point in in, in here, that's fine. If Tom's leaving, I'll
3: disagree with him.
0: Um, all right. Good time. Oh, Jason, that. go. Yeah. Maybe I'll stay now. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Invisible I agree,
3: man. I agree. Uh, I just want to agree. I, I, I want to disagree with Tom on the timing. I, I think that, in, in in this conversation, we have tens of thousands of followers uh, that are that, that it, well. Some of us we cross promote, of course, but uh, th- there are tens of thousands of people who listen to us and pay attention. And I think I don't think 2020 is too far of a timeline with which to make some sort of measurable difference. And there are lots of ways that you can you can measure that. Like I said, if I if I'm concerned with messaging, then we can simply look at party growth over that period of time and how many other people came in, and and you can contrast that. To to whether or not we are putting people into positions of authority inside the libertarian party that more closely align with with our ideolo- ideology and, and our way of, uh, of presenting uh, what we believe in and so I, I think there are, I think there are ways to measure that and I also think that it, it shouldn't take a decade for us to be able to make that kind of change we have a medium now that most of the people that that would come in and try and affect change on a one for one basis were just casting their vote don't have I don't I don't know I mean I know Tom when you put the word out to for people to come down to join delegations you're going to have uh, you know dozens if not hundreds of people who attempt to do that. And here in California, they're dying for people to be delegates. They didn't even fill all the seats last time. And I-
0: they were so desperate, they asked me at the last
3: minute. And so there is opportunity for us to fill these seats. We don't even have to fight for them. We just have to raise our hands and say, yeah, we're coming. Jason,
4: you know, I, after hearing what you said, I actually am going to modify my answer. I think, I think you're right. I think I'm underestimating what can be done. I think I am underestimating it. My, but still my concern for 2020, I get that we have these other metrics we can use. I don't know how we're going to get a really good, plausible person uh, against Weld for 2020. I've heard Patrick Byrne.
3: Is that, really, that going to happen, Tom? Is, is he going to be the guy? Is is that is that the scuttlebutt? I haven't heard.
0: I, I, I yeah, pretty say, much. He's going to be the guy if a viable alternative that delegates feel good about voting for, like as a candidate, you no, know, to put on a public stage. And that's
3: possible. Is that how is that in my world? That's not even a possibility. Like a, a a Gary Johnson is a possibility, but a Bill Weld is is a phenomenon that doesn't repeat. And I am I'm I'm missing something terribly inside the LP if they're actually looking at this guy for 2020 and saying this is our man.
0: Well, who's they, Jason? They's you now. It's us now. So you know, there, there's no they. That's that's what always kind of rubs me the wrong way. When not that you're rubbing me the wrong way right now, but when when, um, when people say they about the LP and that. Sorry,
3: what was that? I said people other than me is the yeah. They.
0: people. Other, exactly. People other than you uh, say like they, the LP. Well, you know, the, the thing about the LP is it's an organization anybody can sign up for and get involved with. So the more we complain about the they and don't become the they, which we all have done, that's kind of what we're, we're doing right here. The more we can influence things. So I think that is the point. I don't know what the viable alternative to Bill Weld is right now. The people that have announced are Adam Kokesh, a guy I like a lot, Arvind Vora. We all know what he's been up to. Um, And um, that's pretty much it in terms of candidates that have been up there. Now, in the next six months, we'll see probably more people announcing that they're running. Um, I, I don't see, and I, I like Arv. I even like Arvin to an extent and, and Adam as well in, in different ways, but I don't see them winning that delegation over as who they should put up there. Uh, so uh, I think
2: uh, Adam Kokesh's slogan is going to be, you thought Gary Johnson smoked a lot of pot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little long, but it is accurate. <laughs> You ain't seen nothing yet, but uh, yeah. What about what about you guys? What do you guys uh, Mance or Dave? I'll let either of you take it away um, on what what do you guys see as as how you would measure the success specifically of your involvement in the Libertarian Party?
2: Oh, okay. Um, I want to see uh, Bill Weld cry. I want to actually see his tears. And uh, no, I mean, look, I to me, like it. I said, like I said before, I'm I'm focused on getting a real libertarian candidate up there. Look, I, I I'm not gonna support Bill Weld for president just because I became a part of a party and now I'm loyal to this party. I I don't think any of us believe in that kind of like party loyalty. We're loyal to the principles that we all share. I do agree with Jason. I think if you if you look around between all, all five of us. I mean, I know like Mance's podcast is really blown up like recently, like we all have big platforms and it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to use whatever sway I have to convince people to, to do whatever we can do. It's the reason why we all do these podcasts, right? Is because we think the ideas that we hold dear are worth spreading. And I've just come to realize that I think having a politician in the fight will help spread these ideas. So that's my goal. And if we can't find anyone like that, then I get what Tom's saying. Like, okay, I'm not saying I'll give up if Bill Weld's the the candidate, but I'm not supporting Bill Weld because that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like that's that's not a libertarian to me. And if I I would certainly support Kokesh over him. And uh, but that's all I care about is finding a candidate who I think can effectively spread true libertarian ideas.
0: Uh, What's good here now is if you do get someone like Bill Weld in there, who you're not going to like a lot of what he says, quite possibly. uh, You know, we have a credible platform to criticize from after being more heavily involved in the party itself. I I mean, to me, we're all credible on our own, but I mean, to the party people, to the insiders, and maybe the outsiders who are just watching this from afar and saying, "Well, why are you criticizing Bill Weld? You're not even in that Libertarian Party. You're doing that whole big L, small L thing." So I think just even the position we're putting ourselves in by being more more um, involved will actually lend credibility to any sort of criticisms of a potential candidate who we might not agree with. I'm
1: I'm in, Fans, it, yeah. I'm in it for, I'm in it for a game too. Um, I grew up playing sports, multiple sports, especially hockey. I love to compete and I, whoever we, whoever we decide and whoever accepts the invitation to be, a, you know, to be our candidate, then I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight to get him in there no matter what I have to do. I mean, I'm just competitive, and I want to win every single time. I don't like participation trophies. So,
0: I have one more little curveball topic I want to I want to toss around, and because Tom is still here, maybe we can get yeah, it in just, first real quick. I decided to say, "What the heck, right? I'm You're just having
4: too much fun, right? Who who, who cares about all my responsibilities? You know, all right. Somehow, it'll all work out.
2: Somewhere, Tom's one of Tom's daughters is like waiting at a bus stop.
0: <laughs> just one
2: tear slowly. Dripping.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: right. Dad
0: does love liberty more than me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But here's a question. Now, everybody on here, I think, has mentioned Bill Weld as a reason to be involved in somewhere or another, you know, opposing Bill Weld, uh, not being a fan of his messaging last time. Here's a claim that has been made by others within the Libertarian Party. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just telling you what I've heard. People say that Bill Weld has been very involved in the party over the last two years since uh, 2016 and has met with a lot of libertarians, learned more about the philosophy and has come around on a lot of his positions. Again, I'm not saying this is true or not. But my question is, what if, you know, you're you're all in here, we're all fighting for the right messaging. Maybe we even get a good candidate that that we want to back, that we feel better about, but he doesn't quite make it. He doesn't get there. Bill Weld does end up as the nominee of the Libertarian Party in 2020. But let's just say for fun, Over this evolution of his that I've heard so much about, he is out there as the libertarian candidate decrying the war on drugs boldly, decrying foreign wars boldly, uh, you know, um, decrying uh, wanting to at least audit the Fed and maybe even end it. Uh, What if he is out there actually saying more libertarian stuff? I mean, would you guys come around a bit and maybe say, "Okay"? I, I wouldn't
4: say that because his name is Bill Weld. (laughs) You know, <laughs> or because he is that person that we know from Mitch, the past. So it's, yeah, possibly... that's right. That's an improvement that, that therefore I won't support him. If he did start doing what you're saying, then I would say, wow, I'm, I'm glad to be proven wrong. Or in a way, it's not that I have been proven wrong. It's that, it's that I was right about who he used to be and now he's become a different person. And I'm always glad to see people change their minds. So maybe I would say a few words in his defense. I'd say, like, for example, I wasn't that happy with how Rand Paul ran his presidential campaign. I thought it was, it was very ineffectively run and the messaging was confusing, but I have not hesitated to come out in overwhelming support of him since then, and particularly over the past month or so. So I try to think of myself as being fairly open-minded and not necessarily stuck in one position with regard to somebody.
2: Right. But the, the difference between, say, Rand Paul, and I agree with what you're saying on Rand Paul, but the difference between Rand Paul and someone like Bill Weld, what was so disappointing about Rand Paul in 2016 is that we know what he's capable of. We know what he knows. I know that Rand right. Paul has read Rothbard and Mises. And, and I also know that Rand Paul can deliver a speech that he can kind of persuade people. Bill Weld, even if he were to come around on all of these issues, which I don't see any evidence that that's real, um, but even if he were, he is the most boring human being with the most boring <laughs> face and the most boring name. He's not going to inspire anybody. And this is a guy who, by the way, I, I'm with Tom. I'm open to anybody coming around. We, me and Tom, I just did his uh, his podcast recently, and we were praising uh, Walter Jones for, for uh, coming around on, on issues like the Iraq War. But Bill Weld has some real, you know coming around to do bill <laughs> weld was out there talking about how hit hillary clinton's a good kid and she he just disagrees with hillary clinton on a few economic issues
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, and, yeah yeah that- You hit nail on the head dave absolutely it, it is a it is a matter of electability it doesn't matter what he believes the man is not electable he's a wet blanket he's a he's a sponge he's a he's a boring to listen to He is unelectable, no matter what he believes. And frankly, I would think any shift at this point in his life. The man is the man's what? One hundred and five. He's old. He's so. All of a sudden, now he's going to have a change in political philosophy after this many years. No, if he's making a change now, it's for purely political reasons, and I'm not going to support something like that. So no, he's the he's the wrong guy. I'll I'll pat him on the back and say, hey, great. I really appreciate the fact that you're 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 sounding more libertarian, but you're still not the right guy to to represent us. As president in 2020.
4: And I, I got to hop off. I'll see you guys. Okay. All right. Tom, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, buddy. If you want to get an idea of where Bill Weld is at, look, go to the Reason podcast, maybe three or four episodes ago, Nick and, and Matt interviewed him. Now, you may want to jump ahead to minute six because Nick Gillespie, in the first five minutes, rips on Rothbard and Mises, and it's just, I'm I'm like, come on, dude stop already and you know because any chance he gets to take a shot he does because i mean i don't know what it is about rothbard (laughs) from what i understand he was the nicest guy in the world but beltway libertarians just can't stand the guy but if you want to get an idea where weld is at right now go listen to that podcast and you can tell that people are feeding him stuff and he's trying to say the right things but you can also see he trips up every once in a while and yeah, it's, it, no, it's someone, it has to be somebody who this is in them. It's a part of them. It's not something that they're learning. Like, it's not something that they're getting cheat notes on right now. It has to be someone, you know, I mean, I don't think any one of us would ever want to do it. And considering the shit that I've said online, forget it. But, um, <laughs> and, and all and all of us, and, and Dave, especially, Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the searching of Mans and Dave's tweet that they tweets that they would do. I mean,
1: oh, I'm just talking James about i <laughs> about the Legion of Skanks podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I am. Too. <laughs> I, I have some defending to do. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, it has to be like one of us who it's 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 a part of us. We wake up thinking about it. It can't be. Somebody who's been fed, you know, been fed lines. You know, even Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp has not been a libertarian for a very long time, but man, he's been doing some studying. And if you listen to him on the Dave Rubin podcast, I mean, he's talking about my ultimate goal would be a voluntary society, but this is what we need to do right now. And he starts talking. I mean, the, the guy, you know, the guy has it down for somebody who's been a libertarian for four or five years. I mean, the, he's living it, and he and he's ta- he's taking it in like a sponge.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there there are different ways to evolve, and um, I would say it, it sounds like most of you guys are a little bit skeptical, to say the least, of the Bill Weld libertarian evolution here. Um, but I guess we shall see, because he is going to have to win libertarians over. It's not like he won overwhelmingly for the VP spot. He barely won. He barely beat out Larry Sharp, who at that point had been in the party for two years or so. So I mean, well, that's I, I'm well, glad Weld, you
2: been we, in for a week. Yeah. Right. But you, you make you make the point. And that's kind of like one of the reasons why I, I ultimately was convinced to join is that you realize that it's like, man, th- there's an opening here. You're talking about the guy who they want to run. Barely was able to make it in like we might be able to be the difference to push a, a true libertarian who we think can push the message. Good. and And then you're talking about having. The third biggest political party in the United States of America with ballot access on all 50 states. So just to say it kind of reinforces what what a big opportunity there is here. But yes, I would agree with you. I just don't think it can be Bill Weld. I would be pleasantly surprised if if I was wrong, but he's just not the guy who's going to be able to do it.
0: All right, guys, I want to just uh, let you guys all do kind of a, a final uh, final, last words here. Uh, since all of our audiences are, are going to hear this in one form or another, why don't you guys just make the pitch to your audiences? Because I know my, a lot of my audience is still like, screw the LP, screw those guys. Um, some of them are joining, too. I also see a lot of people posting, I just joined, too. So I think there's still kind of a split probably among a lot of our fan bases. But if you guys want to make your own pitch to your own fans and your own fan bases about why they should – follow in our leads and get more actively involved. And when I say should, obviously everybody should do what they want. Uh, Not everybody, politics, the political end is not gonna be for everybody, but why you might encourage people to at least consider it a little bit more. Uh, We'll start with you,
3: Jason. Yeah, I would just, to to my audience, I would just simply say we have, because of the men who have just joined and because of the leverage they have in in the movement itself, we have an opportunity like we have not had to affect some real change. And so I am going to be there along with Dave, along with uh, along with Tom and Mark, and uh, and Mance, and we're going to be pushing for the type of change that you have been pushing for. And in order to do it, we need your help. We need those of you who are willing to stand up and cast a vote and fly across the country to do it. And it doesn't take a lot. All you have to do is join the movement and let us let us lead the way let us let us craft that path and we can put ourselves in a position where in 2020 we can actually grow the party i didn't think there was any possibility i thought the last time we when we ran and they ran weld and uh, and gary johnson i thought this was our big opportunity and we spoiled it and i said at 2020 there's no way that we get greater than a 3% of the vote i don't know that that's necessarily true now now with this collection of people this time this much time to prep we got 2 years to prep I think, there's, I think there's a good chance we may be able to capture more than what we captured in the past. And like Dave said, with ballot access, uh, we may be able to turn the tide and actually have a viable third party for the first time in American history. Uh, but it only works if those of you who are sitting at home make the decision to join us, because otherwise we're just we're just five guys who are showing up at the Libertarian Convention. We need to bring an army with us. And if you want to be part of that, recognize you have people here who are going to lead the way.
0: All right, Mance, what about you? Why don't you plead to your listeners to perhaps follow in your footsteps?
1: Well, I did a podcast uh, three episodes ago talking about why I joined the LP. And I just put it out there that Ron Paul changed so much in 2007. And I was pretty in 2012, I was out of it already. Um I would you know, I was an anarcho-capitalist. I didn't I didn't even pay attention to um anything that that happened with the election that year. But now, come. Now, I'm looking at the world, and I'm saying, I want more people in the world like me, that think like me. So, how do I get more people in the world who think like I do? Well, Ron Paul, 2007, he got out there on a stage. He, he had a he had a big uh, a big audience to talk to, and he called he caused a movement. I said the other day, somebody was uh, you know going at me on Twitter. And they said, oh, you know, well, what did Ron, what did Ron Paul do? And I said, well, before, you know, before 2007, there were 75 libertarians in the world. Now there's 75 libertarian podcasts. So, you know, that's a big difference. And I just want to, you know... (laughs) That's a I good point.
0: I, I'm I'm now sitting on a podcast with, well, Tom's gone now, but I was here with four other podcasters who have podcasts about libertarianism. I used to know less than that many libertarians. <laughs> it's kind of mind-blowing when I think about
1: it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to see a change in the world, that's, this, this is my message. If you want to see a change in the society, if you want to see a change in the culture, we have to change the culture and bringing more people to a culture of thinking about people as individuals, instead of thinking of people in in groups and thinking about real liberty and working towards that, then we need to have the biggest stage possible to do it. So, you know, come try, try and help us. You know, it's like you said, you can't force anybody to give their $25 and get involved, but anybody who wants to do it And 2007 was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we can do that again.
0: All right, and Dave, uh, I'll let you bring it home. Make the make the big plea here.
2: Well, I'm I'm not going to tell anybody what they should do, but I will say what the the reasonable possibilities are. And I, um, you know, I look around the political landscape today, and you've got right now you've got a um like a civil war going on in the Democratic Party, and it's between the the corporatist neoliberal warhawk, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden types, and the Democratic socialists, like uh, uh, ocasio Cortez and bernie sanders and I 'm genuinely having a tough time figuring out who I hate more between the two groups, and I actually think I hate the the neoliberal corporatists more, um, which takes a lot to to convince me that the socialists are the less bad option so that 's what 's going on in the Democratic Party. Um, basically the green party is the same thing as them as the democratic socialist that is um in the republican party you have a split between kind of like the neocons and the the trump supporters um who love you know protectionism and a whole host of other you know terrible policies you have the alt-right who's out there. They're, they've kind of been driven underground online and deep platform to a large degree. But I don't know how many of you guys have actually really taken a deep look at those guys and seeing how much ugliness there is in, in that group. But I, I don't know. I'm not going down that path. And um, to me, I just say, look, I'm not telling anyone what they should do. But just if if all of my listeners, all of the lines of Liberty listeners, Mance, Jason, Tom's listeners all decided to join the LP. We would take this bitch over. That's a fact. If we all decided to do it, we would take this thing over and we would be able to push the party, the third biggest political party in America, in the direction that we wanted to push it to. I agree with what Mann said. We could restart this, this revolution and and we could really kick up some dust. And if nothing else, we could, you know, look, like you said, what what Ron Paul was able to do, what other people, what Ayn Rand was able to do, what other we could double our numbers and then double them. And then see what's going on. But why not? What else are you doing?
0: (laughs) What else are you doing? I like that. That's a good good final wrap-up. Gentlemen, unless anybody else has anything else to add, I think uh, we've all pretty much made our cases. I'll make Tom's case for him since he didn't uh, get a chance to answer that question. Uh, If I was Tom, I would just say, I'm Tom Woods. Come on.
2: Okay. Hold on. I just, I just got a text from Tom. He says he, he is running for president in 2020.
0: <laughs> Breaking news. Mainstream uh, po- political pundit, Dave Smith reports. what's <laughs> Woods is running for president. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I had a blast today. Uh, I know all our audience is going to enjoy uh, hearing us kind of expound on this topic a little bit more. So it's been a good time. Keep up the great work guys. Keep on roaring.
2: Thanks Mark. Thanks Mark. Thanks guys. Thanks man. Jason.
0: All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed my little summit, the mega summit of Libertarian podcasters. Really enjoyed having these guys on, and I just wanted to host something where I got everybody who has recently joined the party together uh, to talk about why. So uh, if you enjoyed what we talked about, if you maybe felt inspired to join us along this journey to try to help shape in a very positive way the messaging of the Libertarian Party, well, then maybe you'll consider going over to LP.org and signing up. That's the easy way to do it. Uh, if not, that's cool, too. It's not everybody's path. I didn't think it would be part of my path for a long time, but uh, recent events have really inspired me to get much more involved in the Libertarian Party, and uh, and I think the reasons have been pretty well laid out uh, on this and many other podcasts that I've done at this point. So uh, I've pretty much said my piece on it. Of course, we'll continue to focus on Libertarian candidates on our new candidates show called candidates of liberty uh, which will be starting sometime in mid-august we're still working that out but we are lining up some great names some great candidates all across the country to do short little highlighted uh, interviews of them so we're really looking forward to getting that one going uh, in the meantime we'll continue to be here for you three days per week, every single week. Brian, of course, will be coming back at you this coming Wednesday with another great Electric Liberty Land, and Odie will wrap things up this coming Friday. Do want to encourage you guys, if you enjoyed the show you heard today, if you enjoy all the content that we produce, please do consider chipping in 5 bucks a month on Patreon, maybe 10 bucks a month if you want to see our video shows. We also are recording video on a lot of our shows that we're doing. Um we did actually do a video of Conspiracy Corner that was released last week where we talked about the uh, the Bilderberg group and uh all all sorts of other random subjects along the way. Uh but those lucky $10 patrons get to see Rico live on a show. Uh no mask, no hidden cameras, no nothing. So the fabled Rico has actually appeared on video. Only for our $10 and up Patreon supporters. But we really do make sure to get you a ton of content. Please sure to check out all of our content and all of our merchandise, all of the kickbacks that you get for joining at various tiers, uh, for joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. That is what we call our patrons. So please do go check that out. Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. That's all I got, folks. Until next week, live long and live free.